Clippers Daily with Jason Mertides. It's a game one win edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. Here we go. We'll give it up to Giroux, top left circle. Looking through the traffic, back to the line, program one timer, they score! That hit a man in front. Couturier was upended. I'm not sure what it hit, but Ivan Provorov finds a hole, and Philadelphia on the power play takes the one nothing lead. Montreal scoring on their 16th shot of the game and their 11th of the period. Here's a shot, the Flyers score! Joel Farabee gets the chance out in front, and less than a minute later, the Flyers get it right back to make it 2-1. And welcome to your Thursday, August 13th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez, presented by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center. The Flyers are up one game to none on the Montreal Canadiens after game one of their best of seven opening round series. The Flyers with the 2-1 win, excellent goaltending at both ends, but a little better at the Flyers end as Carter Hart gets the W and a spectacular performance for the Philadelphia Flyers. We'll get to all the details going forward in this episode, but i got to tell you what's coming up. We're going to hear from Chris Terrian in just a couple of minutes. Had a chance to catch up with Bundy after the game to get his instant thoughts and instant analysis on both this game and a look ahead to Friday's game, too, and possible adjustments the Flyers may or may need to make. Also going to hear post-game sound from the head coach, Elaine Vino as he addressed the media after the wind, and also a, a combined availability with the goaltender, Carter Hart. Today is his birthday. Happy birthday to Carter Hart. He, alongside Ivan Provorov, took questions from the assembled media via Zoom as well. And we're going to get to some Twitter questions in this episode from everybody checking in on Twitter. On so- from everybody checking in on social media. So Flyers get the 2-1 win in the hockey game. They end up getting uh, they end up out shooting the Montreal Canadiens 31 to 28 in the game. Uh, they end up uh, getting out hitting the game 32-27, but on the scoreboard where it matters, uh, the Flyers get the win. And in the game, both teams came into this game 0 for on the power play, 0 for the bubble. The Flyers 0 for 11 on the power play. The Montreal Canadiens 0 for 12 on the power play, but neither team would leave this game with the 0 for any longer. The Montreal Canadiens went 1 for 1, only one power play opportunity. They cashed in on it in the second period. The Flyers opened the scoring in the game at 8.54 of the first period when we thought at the time it was Ivan Provorov that scored the goal, but since there's been a scoring change, Jake Voracek credited with the Flyers' goal. He must have touched that puck on its way in and by Carey Price. So it's Voracek who picks up the power play goal, assisted by Provorov and Claude Giroux. That put the Flyers up 1-0, and they would uh, head into the intermission up only by a goal. At 14.38 of the second period, Shea Weber, as I mentioned, scored on the power play, his third of the playoffs. Jonathan Drouin and Brendan Gallagher had the assist. But this is what the Flyers have done so well. And I'll go back to January, where they haven't lost back-to-back games since early January. Uh, They responded extremely well when Joel Farabee, just 16 seconds after Montreal scored to tie the game, Farabee scores. He redirects the puck down and into Price's pad and then gathers the rebound and puts it in behind Carey Price. And it put the Flyers up in the game 2-1. Travis Sanheim had the assist. And that was the last goal of the game. It was the GWG. Joel Farabee, his second playoff goal uh, to get the game winner for the Flyers. Just a tremendous performance out of him, especially considering earlier in the game he got absolutely rocked by a hit. Uh, but he, he dug in and uh, had a good game for the Flyers and a huge goal for this team uh, to get it 16 seconds later and to get that goal and ended up being the game winner is paramount for this Philadelphia Flyers team. So in light of that fact, I had a guy hit me on Twitter, a guy named Luke Stansfield. And thank you, Luke. You give me an excellent 
statistical information for use here on Flyers Daily. It says, his tweet, In the NHL bubble, the Flyers have led in 76.9% of the ice time played, 184 minutes and 34 seconds of 240 minutes, and they have yet to trail a game at any point. The only time that they've been tied at a score other than 0-0 was tonight, and they regained the lead just 16 seconds after losing it. Then he says, relentless, anytime, anywhere. That's a great point. I mean, the fact that they just keep bouncing back when they have adversity thrown at them is, is a great sign for a team that can do something special. Now, this game tonight, it wasn't perfect. They came out in the first period, and they really dictated play. They ended up out shooting the Canadians 10 to, I guess it was 11 to 5 after one period of play. And then the Canadians were absolutely all over the Flyers in the second period. They got that one power play goal, but Carter Hart on 17 shots in that period made 16 saves, really keeping this a, a close game. The game could have really gotten away from the Flyers in that second period. But then in the third period, um, I thought the Flyers played really well in the third period. They really limited the opportunities of, uh, of the Montreal Canadiens, kept them to the outside, and only allowed six shots in the period and, and not really any decent scoring chances. I can think of maybe one good scoring chance that Montreal had in the third. So the first period really good. The second period not good, and they need to, they need to take care of that. And the third period really good and, and really did a good job getting back to their system and handled, handling things the right way defensively. Uh, the only thing they didn't get really was, you know, an empty net goal uh, to make it f- make you feel a little better or more comfortable down the stretch. But they'll take it. It's a 2-1 win. It counts the same whether you beat a team 6 to nothing or 2-1. to one or And if it takes 60 minutes or it takes five overtimes like uh, the Lightning-Columbus Blue Jacket game, the Flyers are now up in the series. Joining us right now to talk about the game and his analysis is former Flyer defenseman Chris Tarion. Bundy, what's going on? Hey, Chase. Yeah, um, you know what? I, I thought it was probably of the – it was the fifth game they played in the bubble, including the exhibition game, and really the first, I guess, true test where, you know, you, you, you'd have emotional uh, leftover or hangover of some type after the game, which they haven't felt yet. I thought all in all it was a pretty good game. Uh, it wasn't the best game they played in the bubble, which is what I was about to say, but – that being said, you know what? They find another way to win tonight with uh, outstanding goaltending by Carter Hart, and that's the tale of the tape for Game 1. I mean, he outdueled Carey Price. Price was excellent, too, when he had to be, uh, but Carter Hart gets the job done tonight. And uh, and the Flyers, I think, kind of kind of eluded a bullet a little bit, Jace, because I do think Montreal had mm-hmm. was maybe a little bit better than people were expecting, uh, but they didn't seem to be too... Um, you know, they, they didn't look like a young team that was uh, going crazy uh, out there chasing it. Actually, I think in Montreal, they may go back to the hotel feeling all right about their game tonight. Yeah, is this a game, Bundy? You come away with a win. It's a 2-1 win. A win's a win. It's one nothing in the series. But is this the game that the Flyers can kind of learn from and say, you know what, this team can skate. This team can play. They got by the Penguins yeah. for a reason. And maybe a little bit of a wake-up call that we better ratchet up our intensity for a full 60 or we're going to find ourselves tied in this series. Yeah, you know what? You're right, Jason, and I think that's you know it's a fair point. I mean, the one one thing is for sure. This is a hundred percent guarantee. The Montreal Canadiens can win this series. The Arizona Coyotes can beat Colorado if the other if the two better teams don't come out to play. I'm just using these as examples, right? Yeah. Like, there's no such thing as a lesser team right now. If you don't come out to play and execute. Uh, and play with passion and heart and all the same things that every other playoff has ever come to be, 
then you're going to be behind the eight ball, and you can lose a series. So take the lesson in the game you win and say, hey, we can be better. Because if I were, you know, the, the Flyers have played so well, it's going to be almost hard for them to go back to the hotel tonight and do a self-examination and say, hey, we were every bit as good as we were against Tampa and Washington and Boston. They weren't, but they still got the win. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Yeah, maybe they got a little full of themselves after that first period with some really good forechecking and all over uh, the Canadians. And then in that second period, the Canadians with a, an impressive amount of pushback and Carter Hart kept them yep. in it. But let's talk about the Joel Farabee goal because responding at points in games and pushback is what it's all about. And they, they, Montreal ties the game on the power play on the Shea Weber goal. But then 16 seconds later, boom, the answer from Joel Farabee. What a great play, a redirect, and then pots at home past Price. Uh, that was an enormous moment from a young player who's been pretty impressive. Yeah, and you know what, Jace? It's funny. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking of that tonight. He probably doesn't even realize the moment. Yeah. I mean, he's going out there, redirecting a puck in front of Carey Price, and then just let me put my head down and bury the, the rebound. I mean, what a clutch play by a super young guy. But, again, you know, sometimes, and I said this before, sometimes what you don't know is better for you, especially in a situation like this. But he looks like a kid that just wants to go out and play hockey. Uh, play hard, compete, and get get himself in the right situations. I, I felt uh, even with his game tonight starting off on the top line, that's not a spot for him at this point in his career uh, by any stretch. But, again, they started there tonight the first period, then he slid him back down to the thir- third spot and uh, flipped him with Jake. But, again, I, I think the third line is a perfect spot for Joel Farabee in this playoff. Uh, it's stepping up like he did tonight. That's some, something you don't teach – Young kids, they just have that in them, and it was a great sight to see. Bundy, the, the ice was probably a little ragged out and a little uh, you oh. know, fatigued, if you will, after you know a five-overtime game yesterday and then a double-overtime today and the extra game today. Um, but some guys don't look like they have their legs just yet. Matt Niskanen looked like he was a little sluggish tonight, as did Justin Braun and a few other players as well. Um, is this veterans just trying to get their legs back under them when this intensity is ratcheted up? Because the Canadians, as you said, they have been playing for their playoff lives since they got into the bubble, basically. They have. And, you know, they beat Pittsburgh. You know, you had to go into that series staring down the likes of Crosby and Malkin and, and, and the rest of the Pittsburgh Penguins. So, yeah, I think Montreal is, uh, is absolutely one of these teams that will, should feel confident, certainly in the way that they, they won that series. Um, but if you're the Flyers, you know, I mean, you, I, I just think you have to be ready for, for a team that really is determined to forecheck, really determined to forecheck, and really determined to shoot the puck and get to the net. And I think that's what, you know, that's what I found interesting with Montreal. I picked the Flyers in seven games in the series, Jason, and um, for a reason. Uh, one of them was the fact that, uh, you know, again, we didn't know what to expect from Carter Hart. Uh, you know, it's one game still, and he had a great one in his first playoff, true playoff series game. Um, and, you know, what the younger guys would look like. I knew the coaching would be strong both ways. But I really did see with Montreal, I thought, saw three pretty decently balanced lines, some young guys that have stepped up to the plate. And then you have four defensemen uh, for Montreal, along with Price, who've done an excellent job. Shea Weber, you know, certainly feeling it right now. Oh, yeah, big time. Uh, Bundy, I thought on the power play, um, I, I love the strategy that Elaine Vigneault used uh, on that power play. Double net front, layered screens. That's the yeah. way to – to disrupt Price. He seemed to not enjoy that, especially when Derek Grant uh, later crashed into him. Uh, but the power play looked better to you tonight? I mean, they executed. They got one, you know, scored on one out of three. Um, but And it's some good opportunities on, on a later power play. What did it look like to you? Well, let's just 
start with the first one with Giroux. I mean, that was not a good power play until the simplest of plays, you know, came to. And that's getting to the point. There was an open lane. You could see Provorov had nothing but highway in front of him. Shoot the puck, as you mentioned, a double-layered screen with Voracek and Couturier. And, and it hit by, uh, Paul Byron's stick on the way in. So certainly uh, threw an off-speed uh, toward Price, and he wasn't able to make the save. That power play, early in the power play, they were still trying the stuff from the corner down to the behind the net or behind mm-hmm. the, uh, the goal line, and those low plays. Put the puck to the point and shoot. Every time a power play is goes into a funk, uh, I believe me, I've watched enough of them over the years. I didn't play it, and usually the guys that are good at power plays are the guys that didn't play it because you're sitting there watching it the whole time, and penalty killers know better as well. I hated killing power plays where their focus was to shoot. Because you're expecting your goalie to make the save, then you got to get into an absolute dogfight for the sticks, bodies, looking for the loose puck. So anytime, you know, coaches, I mean, I know these guys like to use their skill on the power play. They like to show it off, and there's a lot of that. But I always find if your power plays in a, a power plays in a funk, shoot the puck, get your confidence back, and then those other plays start to come. But they yeah. don't work when things yeah. aren't going for you to begin with. Yeah, when the box shrinks, then you can do those plays. In the meantime, get it out high, bomb it, and get to the blue paint. Yes. <laughs> it's really get not three chances. That, that's it, man. And I, and I hate it. I mean, as a former defenseman, I'm telling players on a power play, if you want to make life miserable, get it to the point and shoot. That's yeah. it. And you're finding a man to, to tie up and tie him through his hands. Uh, Bundy, yeah. last, last thing, uh, headed into game two, they come away with the one nothing series lead. Uh, heading into uh, game two, what's going to be the key uh, to, to have a little bit – look, I don't know if any of these games are going to be blowouts. I'm not calling for that. But a mo- maybe a more comfortable win for Flyer fans. W- what do they need to do better in that game? You know what, Jace? I think just get into roll of the four lines again. I, I, I really just like the way they were playing in those other games. Uh, you know, I know scenarios are different. And, and, you know, you sometimes play to how the score is, especially with the younger guys on a team. But I just want to see them go out and just play. You know what? I, you know who I thought played tonight? I thought the Montreal Canadiens just played hockey tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that may be because they had that series against Pittsburgh. But I thought that even though they lost, I just felt like there was just a little bit of easiness in the way that they – their body language was, and I thought for the Flyers, sometimes they were forcing things tonight that they weren't doing, and I think as a result, you know, it, it, it took, you can take notice as a fan uh, and a spectator watching it on the TV, so uh, I want to see a little bit better start. Uh, Carter Hart, don't change a thing, yeah. uh, but be prepared. If you're the Flyers, Jace, you know, I think you know it too. They got to be prepared for three lines really coming after them in a four-checking style. Uh, and they got to get that puck up this, uh, out of the zone more effectively and up the, uh, the offensive zone. You know, it'll be interesting if uh, Lane Vino decides to make any changes in his lineup. Shane Gostaspare in there tonight. JVR was on the fourth line. Uh, the, you know, Farabee is he on the third? There's gonna be, it, it, this was just the first punch in a fight. You know, now it's time to, to box and counterpunch, and, and we'll see what Elaine Vino's got and what Claude Julian's got for that matter. It'll be interesting. There's no I doubt about think, that. I, I'll tell you what, I, I'm not going to say 100%. I don't want to speak for AV. I'm not. He's done a masterful job. I personally think that there will be changes next game. Yeah, I do as well. I, I think uh, I think they're going to put Haig back in the lineup for uh, Goss's pair. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, I, and I think there'll be something. I think something will happen up front too. So, that's yep. playoff hockey, brother. You know that. Yeah, and, and so. look, and, and there's going to be uh, different uh, ebbs and flows in this series just like every other one. Bundy, I appreciate you doing this, man. Thanks uh, uh, for the uh, coverage on, on Flyers Daily once again. I didn't hit you with any French tonight. 
I saw you going French on the yeah, TV. Yeah. That was nice work. I'm doing the NBC NBC sports. I had to translate the last two games. I said, I got to get to tighten up my French a little bit there. Uh, it's been a few years. I used to speak with Desjardins all the, you know, as often as I could because I didn't want to lose it. I used to do French interviews when I started. But I'll tell you what, if you don't speak it a lot, man, you lose a lot. Even a word here or there can really shake you up. But I did the best I could tonight with uh, with Coots and his answer for the, uh, the French reporter. And uh, uh, maybe I, I'll look for if uh, this doesn't work out, I can – become a translator down the road. A French-Canadian court reporter. You'll be perfect. <laughs> there you go, bro. <laughs> All right, Bundy. Thanks for doing this. All right, Jace. Take care, buddy. I love Bundy's analysis about the power play. When a power play struggles, just shoot it from the point and put bodies at the net. It, this ice is tired. Getting cute with passes is not a great idea, especially when there was three games again yesterday uh, at Scotiabank Arena in Toronto. Uh, so we'll see if they simplify. And the other thing is, we'll see if they make changes to this lineup, if Elaine Vigneault opts to make uh, some significant changes to the lineup. We'll talk about that more coming up when we answer some Twitter questions, because I'm sure that will be asked. Speaking of the head coach, he addressed the media after the game, and here's what he had to say. Hey, Elaine, I, I know you guys got off to a, a pretty quick start tonight, but it, it seemed like the third period was the period where you guys seemed to be playing your game the most, that, that north-south forechecking game. Would you agree? And if so, why were you guys able to turn it around in the third? I, 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 I think our first and third period, we were uh, you know, better as far as uh, playing north-south and, and you know, going uh, quickly to you know, what, what we do best. I thought in the second period, Montreal played a real strong period. They uh, uh, were first on pucks. They, were, uh, they made us made, make bad decisions with the puck, and, and they looked real fast. So uh, there's no doubt that this is you know, what we expected, uh, you know, a low-scoring, tight-checking game, uh, you know, two good teams, good goaltending on both sides, and uh, – Hard fought game. Tim Dillabaugh, is he an unsung hero for uh, Carter Hart? Has he been uh, very instrumental? It seemed that Carter Hart was very poised and just under control through not only tonight, but throughout the uh, round robin tournament as well. Oh, that that goaltender goalie coach relationship is is a key one in in any organization, and there's no doubt that uh, that one there is is a strong one. Uh, Carter's a, a young goaltender that's uh, you know working on his game and uh, trying to get better, and he's putting in the time, he's putting in the preparation, and uh, there's no doubt that uh, that rapport, that that understanding of what needs to be done between a goalie coach and and a, a goaltender, both with Carter and Brian, is is obviously there. Uh, Elaine, the first two periods, uh, Dino had a great, uh, a great did a great job in the faceoff circle. You guys seem to – did you guys make adjustments in the third period? He didn't seem quite as effective. I think he was uh, 70% there after two periods. Uh, I didn't make any adjustments. Uh, our centers, uh, you know, we've ha- been a good face-off team. There's a good internal uh, communication between our guys that take draws and they help one another out. So uh, most of the night I thought it was uh, either uh, – G or, or Coots, and uh, you know, obviously, Deneau did an extra great job the first two periods. We got a little bit better in the, in the third. Carter's going to turn 22 tomorrow. You know, you, people forget how young he really is, but are you surprised at all how calm he's able to be, especially in the third period when they're pushing as hard as they're pushing? Um, you know, I've gotten to know Carter, and uh, 
got to know how uh, how he you know sees the game and handles situation and uh, you know he's been through big games before and he's played well so uh, you know he's just uh, going out there and uh, doing what he's supposed to do giving us a chance to win games. Elaine Vigneault has been in enough playoff series to know that that was just the first salvo of the series. Adjustments will be made by Claude Julien the head coach of the Montreal Canadiens and adjustments will be made by Elaine Vigneault as well. What they will be we will probably find out in the warm-up coming up on Friday before the game at three o'clock. Carter Hart Tremendous night out of the Flyers' young goaltender. It's his birthday today. What a way to celebrate it. He addressed the media along with Flyers defenseman Ivan Provorov. In the second period, Montreal generated a lot of pressure and um, spent a lot of time in your own end of the ice. In the third period, you held them to six shots and really not much in the way of chances. What did you guys adjust uh, in that period to get back on top of your games? Um, I think we just didn't play our game in the second period. We... uh, Turned the puck over at the blue line, turned the puck over in our zone, and that kind of created momentum for them. And, uh, you know, they had a lot of possession, and uh, that's why they were able to, you know, create chances. And, uh, you know, Hartsey did a great job. He kept us in the game. And uh, when we got out there for the third, we finally started to play our game. Uh, We put the puck deep, uh, went on a four check, uh, had a few power plays that helped us – uh, create the momentum and, uh, you know, keep playing our game. Yeah, this is for quarter quarter. When you can consider the uh, what was at stake, first playoff game, you want to get momentum in the game. Uh, was this your most rewarding win ever in the NHL? Um, I mean, we're in the playoffs right now, so it's crunch time. Um, we know that uh, Montreal is a good team and they come hard. So I thought tonight was a good battle between both teams and, um, whenever it's a good battle on the ice, it's always, always feels rewarding at the end. So um, that was a hard-fought win by us. Hi, guys. Uh, this question is for Carter. Uh, Carter, I know we've asked you a ton about, about Carey Price, but it looks like you had a, a quick little hello to him in warm-ups, and then after that, was it all business for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I just said hello quickly in warm-ups. Good luck, and, and it's just time to go play. Hi guys, this is for uh, for Carter as well. Uh, obviously, the round robin games were technically playoff games, but this was, I guess, the first real playoff game in a seventh game series you've been in in the NHL. Was was there a moment before the game or during the game where you kind of recognized the gravity of the game, or did it really just feel like any other game for you? Honestly, like just prepare the same. Um, I think that's coming in the playoffs here. Um, I mean, it's a different situation for everybody. Having it, uh, having a long break there between, but um, you know what? We all prepare the same. Uh, we do our all our video for games to get ready, and um, everybody has their own way of preparing. So uh, you just have to prepare like it's any other game. Yes, my question is for Ivan. I mean, in the round robin, the power play didn't give you any goals, so it was a question of time. You guys did something different tonight to score, or it was just a case of. Uh, uh, keep it, keep keep it working, and uh, and it will come. Yeah, I think we were a little bit more aggressive, uh, more direct. Uh, we were, you know, funneling the puck to the net, taking a lot of t- uh, shots from the top, and uh, you know that helped us to create chances and helped us, uh, you know, to get the first goal. And I think in the third period, uh, four on three, we had a lot of a lot of chances. Just couldn't. Uh, 
couldn't score, but uh, we had great opportunities, and we're going to continue to do the same thing. Uh, Carter, this one's for you. Uh, your relationship with Kim Billball, has that been a calming effect and maybe uh, maybe has made you calm between the pipes for the uh, playoffs? Um, I mean, Dilly's been great for, for me and Moose. Um, I mean, we have a good relationship on and off the ice. We have good dialogue uh, between all three of us. So I think that's really important in a goalie coach is that you have good communication. And, um, I mean, he does a really good job of – preparation and, and uh, getting us ready before practice and obviously before games, a couple chats. But, um, no, I think it's, it's really important to have a good relationship uh, with your goalie coach. Ivan, I wanted to ask you about um, Joel Farabee and the idea that uh, AV can have the confidence that he does to put him up with Coots and G. And, and what was your evaluation of the way he's been playing? Um. He's been great for us. Um, you know, it's his first playoff, but, you know, it doesn't look like it. Uh, he has poise. He's been making plays, and uh, he's been uh, scoring and, uh, you know, helping us big time. So, uh, you know, I think he deserves to play on that line, and he contributes a lot. And, uh, you know, he, he's been, has been going, and uh, I think he compliments uh, Coots and G uh, really well moment in the warm-up of the game uh, if you saw it on tv uh carter hart and Kerry price going through their pregame ritual stretches basically at the red line and had a chance to exchange a few words before it all started i'm sure it was a thrill for carter hart to be playing uh, his first real playoff game if you will against his idol Carrie Price. Flyers Daily is presented by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center. Supporting our Flyers, Penn Orthopedics creates the ideal care plan with treatment options fueled by our own world-renowned research. Doing what once seemed impossible so you can too. Another reason why your life is worth Penn Medicine. Learn more at pennmedicine.org slash ortho and give them a follow on Twitter at Penn Medicine. All right, let's get to some Twitter questions and we've got quite a few here so we'll get to as many as we can on this very episode. First question comes from Ryan on Twitter at Rackers413. He said, what adjustments can the Flyers implement to get the power play going? Now, they did go one for three on the power play. It wasn't a particularly flawless executed power play, which they scored on. I thought actually one of their later power plays, that they didn't score, they had better opportunities, even though they got the goal in the first one of the game. Uh, but, but like Bundy said, when we talked to him, uh, they got to simplify things. That, that cross-ice pass on bad ice is not going to work right now. Uh, trying to get real cute with it is not going to be something where you're going to have success on really tired ice. I think they need to simplify it. Although the one thing I did like was the strategy to go double net front with Jake Voracek and um, Sean Couturier and to also layer those screens with a high screen and a low screen staggered to really kind of disrupt the sight lines and the ability for Carey Price to track the puck. They did that, and that's why they got the goal, because Price couldn't get a good look on it. Isaiah tweets in, at Isaiah520, says, do you expect AV to make changes for game two? I actually do. I think he makes a couple of changes, perhaps. I, I, think, it, I think it's very likely that Shane Gostisbehere um, is not in for game two. I thought he struggled a little bit in the game defensively. Uh, he didn't look like he had the same jump that, that he did in the game against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, and I think that Elaine Vigneault wants a little bit more of a stronger presence D-wise. Shane gives you offense and can give you dynamic play, um, but I think that he'll go back to Robert Haig to play alongside Justin Braun, and I think Justin Braun's more suited to play with Robert Haig as opposed to 
Shane Gostas pair. You're not going to break the other pairs up. You're not going to break up Niskanen and Provorov or Myers and Sanheim. So I think that that's, that's something that is a very strong possibility. We'll see what he does up front. Uh, James Van Riemsdyk played about 11 minutes in the game. Um, if Elaine Vigneault didn't like what he saw in James' game, I thought he had moments where he looked like he had a little jump and tried to get to the net and, and force some opportunities. But uh, I think Elaine's going to look at that and think that he can get more out of James Van Riemsdyk. How he goes about motivating him and, and deciding on his lineup for the next game, that remains to be seen. Finn O'Connor tweets in. He says, Jason, do you think G's given an adequate performance so far in this bubble? He said, I feel as if he's playing smart and to AV system, but he hasn't given us that vintage G magic. Yeah, you're right about that. He hasn't. He hasn't been flashing offensively, although he did wire one off the post in the first period uh, on Carey Price. Uh, but you're right. He, he hasn't been striking offensively, and he has been doing really good work defensively and you know being responsible that way. But you also need that top line with, with Voracek, Giroux, and... Sean Couturier to be one that is going to pop some goals in for you. And they, they haven't done that yet. They had some good opportunities in the game. They scored on the power play, and Claw was out there and got an assist on it, and Voracek gets the goal. But five on five, that line's got to dictate more offensively as well, play in their end a little bit more. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if maybe that takes them a game or two or they come out next game and have that, uh, that part of their game back. But so far, that does look a little bit off to me still, uh, the way that unit is working together. The passes aren't perfect, and Maybe that's just taking a little time for that group, but I think they do need to be better as a group, and, um, and I think they will. Uh, I just don't know uh, that I would call uh, his performance inadequate, uh, to kind of use your term. Uh, you didn't use it, but you said inadequate performance. Uh, Hockey is life said the Habs are a lot faster than all of us Flyers fans thought. He said Flyers Twitter was ablazing with almost panic at various times during the game. Uh, you're right. That That's a team that can skate. They can skate up and down the ice, and they can fly, and they don't like to play with a lot of structure. They just go out and kind of skate their butts off and, and play hockey, and the Flyers got to find a way to clog that up, especially in the neutral zone, slow them down a bit. In the D zone in the first period and the second period, first period they were barely in the Flyers zone. The Flyers uh, outpossessed them the entire period and territorially were all over them. In the second period, though, uh, when they were really buzzing, that's when the Flyers got, got to do a better job. And, you know, the, the clears in the defensive zone were really off in that period. All guys uh, were struggling in that regard. The Canadians were really on top of the Flyers, so they're going to have to be better, and they're going to have to have a more consistent effort going forward uh, to get the win in the next game. Joe Mann tweets in, and he says, The depth is great, but how long of a run can we do without the top line putting up top line points well this was only a two goal game for the Flyers and Voracek did have one and Farabee did have one Farabee was on the top line and Voracek was on the top line and was on that power play so they kind of put up points but I know what you're saying I'm just kind of I'm picking it apart as semantics but you're right that, like I said before that line needs to contribute five on five they need to be a dominant line uh, in in these playoffs for the Flyers to go far that's absolutely uh, what you have to do S. Sims tweets in and says, Flyers didn't play their best game and came away with a good win. So aside from Price stealing games, he says, which could happen, how can the Canadians win this series? Again, granting that Price could be magical for four games. Is there any other way the Habs can win this series? Of course, especially in these playoffs. I mean, they're a team that's, that's skating right now. The Flyers, the only way they can win the series is if the Flyers don't take them seriously. They have to do what they've, they've done in the second half of this season and the details of the game, do things the right way, rely on the system, and play hard. If they do that, th then no, Montreal can't win. The only way Montreal can win is if the Flyers don't play hard, don't get their intensity level up and keep it there, and take the opponent lightly.
John Mulhern tweets in. He says, Hart making great saves as expected, but it looks like he's a bit more comfortable playing the puck behind the net. I agree. Uh, yeah, I think he does. I, I don't know that he had time to work on it. He barely skated over the pause, but I think he just maybe watched some video and just decided, for lack of a better term, to be more decisive. Um, he seems like he's he knows his reads, where to go, uh, to make that short 8- to 10-foot pass, get it to his defenseman, and make that decision quickly because in the NHL, pressure gets on top of you really, really fast. Joe tweets in and says, Joe McElvain tweets in and says, Jason, your thoughts on the resilience of Farabee after getting crushed and then scoring what was the game-winning goal. Yeah, he is a gritty player, and he did get lambasted in that, uh, I think it was the second period, uh, before a little bit before that goal. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that goes to the net front, and he's got a good hockey IQ. He goes to those places out of instinct. You don't have to tell him to go there. Uh, very, very good performance out of Joel Farabee. Uh, I Bleed Orange tweets in and says, which youngster impressed you more, Carter Hart with the calm performance or Farabee coming up with the game-winning goal? They were both really impressive. Uh, but Hart overall was just spectacular. The reason they won the game was both of those guys. Uh, you can't say it was one or the other because Farabee had the game-winning goal and, and Hart you know, kept the, the Montreal Canadiens on 28 shots to one goal in the game. So both were obviously very important, but, but Carter Hart, once again, just spectacular and, and the way he... Played under control once again. Undertaker tweets in and says, do you think the discrepancy in possession time was due to Montreal already having played a playoff series or due to the Flyers having a young team with players who've never played in the playoffs before? I think that actually is an advantage, having young players that never played in the playoffs before. So I don't think that's the answer uh, you're looking for. But um, part of that is that. I, I think part of it was the Canadians are used to playing 60 minutes of high-intensity hockey because that's what they had to play. Flyers came out and dictated in the first period and played a good 20 minutes. Uh, but that muscle's not all the way developed yet, being back, to have to play the full 60 minutes at that, at that pace and that intensity. You hope that this game, they go, okay, we got to win, but we got to come out next time, and we have to play a full 60 minutes with high intensity, or we're going to be in a, in a position where they can, we can let a team back into the game or, or get on top of us. Bob Grease tweets in and says, can we expect low-scoring games through this series? I would think so. I mean, I think there may be one where, you know, somebody gets a four-spot or a five-spot, but... Um, with these two goaltenders, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Carey Price has been off the charts good for, uh, I mean, he's one of the best goalies in the world. And in four games, I mean, he's he's got a, a 945 save percentage. Carter Hart's got a now 965 save percentage. He's seen 87 shots in the three games, Carter Hart, and he's got 84 saves. And a one, he's never hasn't given up more than a goal. Uh, since in, in a game since being in Toronto, I would imagine, yeah, we'll see some low-scoring games, and I think that's kind of what's in order. Will they all be one-goal games? I don't know about that. Uh, Robert tweets in and says, is Phil Myers the most underrated, underrated player on the roster? You may be absolutely right, Robert. He made some plays again tonight with his legs getting back into plays. Uh, his reads on pinches are what oftentimes allow that forecheck, to, that 2-1-2 forecheck to keep zone time and recoil. I think he's absolutely probably the most underrated player on the team, and he is tremendous. He is just getting better and better and better. Uh, Calvin tweets in. He says, the Hayes line played really well in the round robin, but they didn't play particularly well tonight. Was this a matchup issue, or did they just not have it tonight? Uh, I thought at points they played pretty well, but you're right. They weren't uh, overwhelming like they like they looked in those uh, three-round robin games, other than the scoring chance that Scott Lawton had. Uh, what a tremendous pass by Kevin Hayes once he saw that Carey Price went into a two-pad slide and stack the pads, and comes back to Scott Lawton, who tries to bomb it into a wide-open net, but somehow Carey Price gets his stick there. And it wasn't even like he got the wide part of the stick there, the thin part. He just And, and somehow that puck hits that stick and goes over the net. It's an unbelievable save. 
Um, not something he could do. He asked him to do it 100 times. He'd probably do it once. Uh, but he made the save in the game when it counted, and it really was a big one for Montreal at that time. But uh, that line, I'm not worried about that line. I thought TK was really flying in the game, back-checking hard. Uh, I thought he skated well. Uh, they just didn't create a tremendous amount of opportunities. Ryan Bonovich tweets in and says, what's your take on Giroux's performance so far in Toronto? It seems like he's been quiet, but is it just because he's doing the little things or is he starting slow? Um, can I answer this with both? Uh, he is doing the little things defensively, and he was really good defensively, good in the neutral zone. But I also think that his game's not fully where it needs to be yet. Um, I, I think that he's still waiting for the hands and the feet to click with the head and, and everything. And I, it's just not quite there yet. He's close, I think, uh, but I don't think it's completely there yet. And he'll get there, and, and, and it won't be certainly from any kind of lack, or, lack, lack of effort. Dougie Jones tweets in and said, who do you think had a better game, Hart or Price? Both were great. And this is like splitting hairs. Uh, both were great. So I don't know how you can pick one better than the other, other than to say that you have to go with the guy who gave up one less goal and won the game. That's Carter Hart. So I'm going to go Carter Hart. Rick tweets in. He says, I thought it was pretty obvious that the Habs played a series already and the Flyers played around Robin. Was game one what you expected? Hmm. I expected a tight game. Uh, I didn't expect it to be a one-goal game. I thought it was a 3-1 game for the Flyers. Uh, I didn't expect it to be 2-1. And it could have been 3-1 if they just could have hit the darn empty net. It would have been perfect. But uh, they didn't. But, no, it was a tight game. And I thought this one would be a really tight game because I think that Montreal came in thinking this is a one to steal right out of the gate. If we can get a great performance from Price, which they did, and uh, steal one from the Flyers who were just playing in the round robin and maybe didn't have their legs completely under them. So... The fact that Price did play a, the game at a level that usually steals you a game and the Flyers won, that's a good sign. Two questions about Matt Niskanen. Matt, Matthew McCord said, thought Niskanen had a tough game. D pairs looked to be juggled in the third. Was any defender getting skipped? And also Brendan Gillespie, he said, yeah, I'm worried about Niski. Uh, what seems to be different with his game seems to be more out of position than I've seen all season. And, and, and again, he's a 33-year-old guy. I think maybe some of the, the veteran players – jumping from a round robin that didn't mean anything, especially for a guy that won a cup in 2018. So what do these games mean to me, right? And then to all of a sudden jump into a series against a team that already played one uh, can be a little bit behind in the in, in that intensity level. Uh, Matt Niskanen will be fine, though. He's a total pro, so that he'll be fine. But, yeah, your observation is valid because I saw the same thing. Sam tweets in and says, Is it bad that the captain hasn't woken up yet? He looks to be coasting out there a lot. Well, if you saw him coasting, then – I don't know. I, maybe you have a different TV than I have. He was definitely not coasting. His game's not completely dialed in, but he certainly was not coasting. All right, last question comes from Fake Coatsy. He says, do you think they should put a cardboard cutout of me between the benches for a little added motivation? I think that would be absolutely spectacular. That'd be a great call. All right, that's going to put a wrap on this episode of Flyers Daily. A little fun at the end. Brought to you by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center. Game two coming up on Friday at 3 o'clock, and we'll have another brand new episode for you coming up tomorrow as well. In the meantime, everybody, exhale. It's a good 2-1 win. Game one's in the books. Now the Flyers got to go out and get game two. You have the goalie and Carter Hart. Everybody, have a great day today. Enjoy the win, and we'll talk to you on tomorrow's episode of Flyers Daily.